0: The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already played Fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold hard cash with your over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to download the SGPN app. you home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is June 29th, currently 1137 on the East Coast. Here to talk some offseason hoops. I'm going to recap the NBA draft, talk about the top 10. We'll talk about some uh, winners from the draft. And we'll also talk about some offseason stuff. A lot of news has been starting to trickle down and guys opting in, guys opting out, trade rumors as free agency starts on Thursday in the NBA. And joining me here, as usual, i talk about hoops in the NBA. It's my main man on the East Coast. It's Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, how you feeling, my man?
1: Uh, doing pretty well. Kyrie's back for I don't know how long, but he decided that, you know, maybe he should not turn down the $37 million for a $6 million mid-level, <laughs> you know, exception there. So... Props to Kyrie for being a team player, accepting an extra 30-something million dollars. There you go. (laughs) And
0: also joining us, the man that is fresh off of a vacation. He's all over the place over the past couple of weeks here. Uh, It's the superstar of the show, Terrell Furman Jr. Terrell, how you doing, my man? man, you just pissed a couple people off. They thought that I wasn't going to be
2: on this episode. <laughs> he started <laughs> off with Scott. They said, yes, Sorrell is not on this episode. No, that is not the case. I am still here. I am still raging and I'm still giving out major picks. Yo, look, it's been a lot that's been going on these past couple weeks while I've been in and out of the office. And I just got to say this. What? The Golden State Warriors win the championship and the NBA goes fucking crazy again. They just go crazy. Whenever (laughs) Golden State wins the championship, everybody's like, all right, drop everything we had planned for the past six months. We're starting over today and we're building a championship roster today. The Detroit Pistons said we are building a championship roster right now.
0: (laughs) We'll get into the draft. I thought Troy was one of the winners of the the draft for sure. But uh, you guys want to recap your... uh Draft uh, prop bets that you guys uh, hit on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Terrell,
2: you ahead. want to go first? Yeah, Terrell, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, let's go ahead. Just So, I mean, I didn't hit on my Ty Washington. You know, everybody ain't with me. And Ty they won't rock on it. But, you know, we had uh, Shady on Shark under eight. Scott gave that out. I gave that out. We cashed that. I told you on the show, I said, if he go, hits this under eight, he's going to Portland. Portland is the pick. So if you went out there and you bet Shady and a shot to go to Portland, then congratulations to you. That cash, that had a great day. What else we had, Scott? We had Durant over 10 and a half. That cash, we had uh, Johnny Davis under ten and a half. and a half. That cash, we had uh, – who else we had? I'm missing.
1: I had Jovich over Liddell at plus 135. That wasn't even close. He, he that, that killed Liddell on that one.
2: Wasn't even close. So – it's, we had a whole bunch of bets, and it cash. That's why you come over here, you listen to the NBA Gambling Podcast, because we give you out winners like this. We give out a couple losers, but we give out more winners than losers, so the losers kind of balance out. It don't even matter. Look, that's just a shameless plug. If you're not subscribing, if you're just listening to this podcast, one, if you're just listening to this podcast, congratulations to you, because I don't know how you're listening to this episode of all episodes, but congratulations. Subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast. We give out winners, and we're going to be here all summer. We got Summer League. We got TBT. We got WNBA over at the WNBA Gambling Podcast. I mean, come on. We can give you everything you need. Come on. It's in with us.
0: Oops. It's definitely 365 days a year, no matter if it's men's, women's, summer league, TBT. We don't care. We're going to be covering it here on the NBA Gambling Podcast. But uh, just because it's off season doesn't mean the winners stop uh, on SGP and here on the NBA Gambling Podcast, like Terrell just mentioned. Uh, we'll be here all, all summer long. Talking about you know, off-season stuff, we'll eventually get into the awards markets as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun leading up to the season. It's going to be here before we know it. But uh, guys, let's start with the NBA draft um, that happened last week. Um, it, it got interesting the night before the draft with the odds changing with the number one overall pick. Uh, Paulo Pancaro was... Slated to go number three to the Houston Rockets. And the it seemed at the time, the consensus number one was going to be Jabari Smith to Orlando. But the odds started moving the night before. Um, I saw he was all the way up. Jabari Smith was around, what, minus 700, 800? Was he up to minus 10,000? Yeah, minus at a point. Yeah, a point. And then the the line just shifted with uh, Bancaro. <clears throat> Now uh, that, at that time, becoming the number one overall pick favorite to go to Orlando, Scott. Let me start with you, man. Uh, were you buying into the line movement there that kind of happened between? I mean, all the different books that were favoring Banquero to be the number one overall pick uh, to Orlando.
1: Well, I was when there was the second move. It's important to break it down into steps because Banquero was around sixteen to one, and mm. then he suddenly dropped to a favorite at like minus two hundred around a Wednesday night, early, early Thursday morning. It, it was, yeah, the morning. timing was interesting, too. Yeah, so that was that I thought was pretty, I'd say, telling. And then I woke up the following morning, and Jabari was minus 400 again. So I wasn't really sure what was happening. Then Jabari went back up to around 700, and then about two hours before the draft, maybe an hour and a half, Bonquero plummeted from around plus uh, 550 or so, all the way back down to minus 115. And then like 20 minutes before the draft, he was like minus 300. So I originally bought in that night before, because when you go from 16 to one to minus 200 in the span of about three days, I think that's pretty telling. Then you had a bunch of Smith buyback the following morning, which really confused me. Mm -hmm. And then more money poured in on Boncaro. It seemed like it was really a matter of divide between the sharp bettors and the NBA quote-unquote insiders. And to be honest, Woj got absolutely killed. Yeah. It really wasn't close. He said for weeks, including the day before, it's a done deal. Guarantee, lock it up. Jabari's no, going said the one. said
2: day of. That was the day of he said it. Like, put it out that morning. Yeah. It's one, two, three, Jabari, Chet. And, then, and he
1: said that it, it, it was done. And then the bettors said, I disagree. And they all just bet Boncaro to go first, and the bettors were right which is why when it comes to draft props, I tend to follow the money. And we saw the same thing in the NFL draft. Walker wasn't supposed to go one. It was going to be Hutchinson. And then a bunch of money poured in on Walker leading up to the draft. And he went number one. So when it comes to the NBA draft or really most prop bets involving awards or anything like that, if you follow the money and the line movement, you usually win. Yeah, usually.
2: Charlie, anything to add to that? No, I mean, he basically spoke all of it into what happened. He fail you follow the money. That's basically how it works. You follow the money and that's going to lead you in the right way more than not. And sometimes it's really good, especially with future props and anything, mm-hmm. especially NFL, NFL NBA draft or anything like that. It's really good to go back to where like the preseason props, like when you talk about championship futures and what teams have higher odds or, worse odds or however you want to put it than where they were in the beginning. And if you go all the way back, Paolo Benquero was the consistent favorite to be the number one overall pick before the season started. And so if we sit here and we talk about, and it's a lot of times that you'll sit here and you'll hear in the media and everybody talking like, well, you know, one season really isn't going to change too much. Like it, it can only help you. It can never hurt you or anything like that. But Paolo Benquero was favored to go number one before the season started. And so that's something that probably should have went into a little bit more of our analysis. Like, Hey, he was favored before, like how much really changed in the year? Yeah. Some things didn't go his way, but people really like this kid coming out of uh, coming out of high school. And so is he still going to be that guy that's going to go number one? And, it turned out that the Orlando Magic said, no, this is who we're going for. I think that Jabari Smith personally did enough over this past year to show me that he can be that elite-level scorer and a, and a two-way player and a solid defender on the other end that makes him warranted of a number one pick. But I think he's going into a great opportunity in Houston where they're looking for that guy that's going to be an absolute killer scoring-wise. They have some good scorers, but they're looking for a guy that's going to be an absolute killer and that can actually play some type of defense. <laughs>
1: I, I just I have a brief uh, just rant about the Orlando process at number one overall. Were they trying two things? One, were they trying to just set a smokescreen on Houston or Oklahoma City the entire time, hoping they would try to trade up for Jabari? Because it's very weird that you had two months to make a choice, and it seemed like everybody got a fake rumor that mm-hmm. I'm assuming you partially helped spread. Was the it-
0: logic just to be <clears throat> trade bait? Maybe it was the Rockets that set the smoke screen that they hey they had brought him in for a workout. We saw some things uh, circulating on the Rockets Twitter that uh, Pancaro was having lunch with the uh, GM, Rafael Stone. So I don't know. Maybe maybe the Rockets were setting up. There. And obviously it came out after the draft that the Rockets said that they had Jabari Smith as their top guy uh, on their draft board. But, I mean, at, at, at a point it's all become smoke and mirrors. I mean, that's what you personally bet- I think.
1: That was my question, but it kind of segues me into my rant. How do you have two months to make the number one overall pick and the guy you draft you don't even bring into the building for a workout? <laughs> you had two months. You're yeah. telling me your team couldn't meet with, with Paolo with Boncaro? You had two months. What are you doing? You had one mean, job. Uh... You bring in three people into the building. That's it.
2: I mean, Definitely. I feel like if you got the number one overall pick, you don't got to bring nobody in for a workout because everybody is in, like, it doesn't matter. You, you, nobody's stopping you from getting your guy. You don't have to look at other guys because somebody might steal your guy ahead of you. But so. why
1: would you not want personalized scouting to see which player is the best player that you could possibly nah, get? You, it doesn't make any sense You to- know,
2: if you know that's your guy, that's your guy. No workout, like no individualized workout where you're bringing them in and you're and you're having them run around cones and shoot a couple. Like that's not going to change your, your decision. It wasn't even a you workout. You know that's your you guy. That's your guy.
1: You couldn't bring him in to meet with the owner? No, uh, he's coming. You he meet with the owner when we'll pick him. Meet you with couldn't take him we'll out pick to dinner. Him. You couldn't do something like the whole thing just seemed really weird. And I don't think I've ever seen that before where the team with the number one overall pick just straight up treated him like a stranger for two months and then called his name on draft night. I think that's very weird. I don't – I'm see, and that's the difference. I'm not
2: going to go ahead and say that because I don't know what they've actually been doing. I don't know how much contact that they actually had with – the what he actually had with the Orlando Magic. So, I thought they
1: admitted they didn't work him out or meet with him. I don't know. I, I thought I that was admitted. I think Shams admitted that. I think Shams – posted that and they got picked up by a lot of other sources, but it seemed like Orlando decided to go with Bonkero at the last minute. I just don't know how you have two months and your first line of business is not, Hey, let's meet with the people we might actually draft. It, I, I don't get it. That's yeah. why you're Orlando, I guess. I, I don't get it.
0: Yeah, I see the argument. Uh, but uh, the top three went in some fashion or order that we were expecting, whether it was going to be Smith, Holmgren, or Pankero, and it ended up being Pankero, Holmgren, Smith. But I think the draft guys really started at the number four pick with Sacramento taking Keegan Murray, uh, where a lot of drafts and a lot of mock drafts, so I think I was personally expecting Jaden uh, Ivy to end up at the number four pick. But Sacramento... Goes with Keegan Murray there. Were you guys surprised with this uh, number four pick with Keegan Murray with the Kings? Uh Terrell? No, we were not surprised because we told you that it was gonna be anybody but
2: Jaden Ivy on <laughs> our show. Yeah, shout out to Air Five between me and Scott right there. I picked the wrong <laughs> guy at it was Anybody but Jay Whatever. and Ivy that the Kings were gonna do the absolute the absolute thing that we least expected them to do. And everybody thought it was Ivy. We was like, Yeah, it's no, it's no way they're doing that. Now we had Dyson Daniels. We thought Dyson Daniels was gonna be the weird pick, but you know, I wouldn't even say that Keegan Murray really is a weird pick. Like it's a very solid pick on there. They got some size and he's a very good and he's a very good scorer and he's mm-hmm. going to help. They just, you know, not getting too, too much on defensive end. He has some length to him. So they may be able to use that, but it's, it's Sacramento and Sacramento is going to do the thing that you least suspected. And they they have a pretty strong backcourt. Like their backcourt is pretty is pretty decent. So it wasn't you know bringing in Ivy wasn't too much of a like a surprise that they wasn't gonna do it. They really did need some size, and with the people that they have coming out, then Keegan Murray made sense. It might not work for everybody. It may not be what everybody wanted. They may thought he should have gone lower in the draft, but mm-hmm. Murray's a great player, and he played for it with that last season at Iowa. So yeah, I like Keegan Murray at four. I thought it was okay.
1: Scott, anything with uh, Keegan Murray there? The thing is, I ended up getting the prop wrong at 22 to 1 or 28 to 1 when I gave it out on Vison, But the premise was so sound that the Kings are going to do something dumb and they're not going to take Jaden Ivey just yep. because they can. And I got that part completely right. I picked the wrong guy. It <clears throat> happens, took a shot with it. It is what it is. Now, do I like Keegan Murray as a prospect? Not really, if I'm being honest. I think that he was good at Iowa. I recognize that he is a potential stretch four, stretch five, which is big in the NBA. But I watched him in the NCAA tournament play some of the worst defense I've seen against Richmond in the first round. And I thought that it was extremely concerning. And especially when you're a big man that just got rid of Marvin Bagley because he couldn't guard anybody and you replace him with another big man who might potentially struggle on defense, I think it's concerning. And if you want to talk about the needs of the team, yes, you can argue that they needed a power forward, but we see the NBA getting smaller and smaller with more small forwards playing the power forward position. You already had Sabonis. Did you really need another big man? Probably not. I think you needed to get more athletic on the wings. I think you needed a shooting guard. And since they traded Halliburton in order to get Sabonis, I figured they would, or they should, go for a young guard to pair with the Aaron Fox and they didn't do it. Now I'm not saying that Murray and Sabonis cannot coexist, but defensively, I think they're going to be terrible. And I think it's going to be a terrible combination between the two of them in the front court. So
0: it's right on brand with the Sacramento Kings.
1: Then. That's why I'm not surprised they made the <laughs> pick, but that's why I was looking at Daniels because I figured you traded for Sabonis. You're probably not going to take another big man, but Sacramento did it. But do you guys think defensively, Murray and Sabonis can work because I really don't see it.
2: I mean, not on. No, no, those two. No, but that's that's what a, I'm saying. So not you need another move no matter what. I, but that's not the defensive player that I want to talk about. I want to talk about that. Them not taking J.D. Ivan, just Jaden. Ivy is just showing me that they have all the confidence in Davion Mitchell. And they think Davion Mitchell yeah. is a guy that can move into the starting lineup. He can do enough offensively where he's not going to kill them. And he can because he's very talented.
1: Is he and big enough he's to be a shooting great,
2: guard? He's a great defender.
1: Huh? Is he big enough size wise to be a shooting guard? Because I yeah, think that he's, he's a point guard. He's fine.
2: He's fine. No, I don't. I don't. See, I don't. I don't differentiate height and with shooting guard, point guard, and stuff like that. <clears throat> I think that for him and what they're going to ask of him and him guarding nine times out of 10, the best player in that backport any given night, or just being somebody that can, has active hands and able to rip the ball from guys who are taller than him, I think he's perfect for that lineup. And, you know, he's another person that can handle the ball and let De'Aaron Fox play a little bit of off-ball movement, which I expect to see this offseason with Mike Brown coming over from that Golden State system. I think that this is going to be the opportunity where we see a lot more Davion Mitchell, and they sit there and say, all right, sir, we're going to need you to handle majority of our work defensively because everybody else isn't going to do it for you.
1: Yeah, I I just can't look past the front court of Sabonis and Murray defensively. They're going to be awful when it comes to rim protection, and that's why I figured Murray would not be the pick. But we'll see what happens. I do not think it's going to work out, and I think one of them is going to be traded. Probably Sabonis at some point when the experiment fails. But once again, it's Sacramento. I mean, if I was grading picks, Orlando, I'll give a C. I don't mind Boncaro, but I hated They didn't even bring the guy in for a meeting. I give the Kings a D. You had Ivy right there. I, I really don't see Murray and Sabonis working out, so I think it's a complete loss cause. In my yeah,
0: I, I agree with what was saying that. They're probably just high on Davion Mitchell that he can step into that starting lineup with De'Aaron Fox. That's why they probably didn't want to take Jaden Ivy at that fourth
1: spot. But, but you could trade Fox, which has been a rumor yeah. for several years. Yeah, no, I would, I, would, I don't know, think i would not trade Fox. Yeah, I wouldn't trade Fox. well, now, now you're, you a, bad can't.
2: Team, you trade you're a bad team, instead. but you still have you're a bad team, but you still have some type of competitive edge. I wouldn't trade Fox. No,
0: And, and then the Detroit Pistons, they just benefited with uh, uh, Jay Nivey falling into their lap to pair with Cade Cunningham. Um, this is going to be exciting backcourt. I'm excited to see this Jay Nivey and Cade Cunningham, guys. Uh, Terrell, I'll start with you, man. Um, Jay Nivey and Cade Cunningham. What do you think of this backcourt? I think it's going to be fun.
2: I think Detroit's going to be a fun team. And Detroit showed us at the end part of the season last year that they are starting to put put it together a little bit. They're starting to have something going on. And for me, it's all going to be on Dwayne Casey. Excuse me. And it's all going to be on Dwayne Casey. And Dwayne Casey is going to have to figure out, hey, Jaden Ivey, I know that you've had the ball in your hand for all of your life, (laughs) literally all of your life up to this point. But I'm going to need to teach you how to play it too. I'm gonna need you to see how to beat two and come a lot of off-ball movement and be able to set screens and to be able to figure out how to maneuver the ball when Kate Cunningham is dominating. Like Kate Cunningham's gonna be that person. And yes, we're gonna put the ball in your hand at some times, but this is Kate Cunningham's team, and this is where it's gonna be. And so Jaden Ivy's that's gonna be an adjustment for him. But I think it's an adjustment that's gonna work. And Detroit's doing some pretty good things. They were able to go later in the draft and and get Jalen Duran, who was another mm-hmm. guy that was high on their board. And I think that what I wanted, Kate Cunningham and Marvin Bagley to be towards the end of last season. Kate Cunningham and Jalen Duran is going to be for the entirety of all next season. It's going to be a really fun pairing, and I think that they're going to they're going to be good. I think Detroit's going to be a nice little team at the bottom of the league next year.
0: Scott, Jaden Ivy, and Kate Cunningham.
1: I think they won the draft. Yeah. I mean, if you want to just go by immediate winners and losers, I think Detroit's number one. You had Ivy fall into your lap, who Terrell and I thought was a top three prospect in the draft. I'm assuming Munaf feels the same way Yeah, based on talent. Mm-hmm. And then the one thing that you could have improved on besides a shooting guard would be your center because Isaiah Stewart's uh, an interesting prospect, especially when he's trying to fight LeBron. But I don't think he's good enough to actually be a starting center in the league. I think he's more of a backup center. So you pick up Duran, who's a very solid rim protector, who can also run the floor, and he can dabble a little bit with some outside shooting, but the point is he's extremely athletic, and now you get him and Bagley with pick and rolls with Cade, and Ivy is a slasher from the wing. I love what they did during the draft. I think they did a great job. They're my number one overall winner. I'm giving the Pistons as an NA+. I think that they really could not have hit a bigger home run.
0: Yep. I love it too. Before we get over to the next uh, tier there, are the six to 10 picks and, and we'll go from there. Let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor WinBet. bet, make sure to get down on wins bet $50 win $200 promotion where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus the ultimate fantasy football experience that if you bet $500 or more on sports, or in the casino before July 31st, 2022. You get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Wynn Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries are allowed. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WynnBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started today. Offers up to change terms and conditions at wynnbet.com Must be 21 years or older and present in a state where playthrough win bet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 all right guys um we can quickly go through six to ten because i think this is where a lot of people thought the draft was really going to um start um i mean we had the surprise with the number one overall pick but I was really expecting uh, Matherin to end up at six. You guys nailed it on number seven with Shaden Sharp and with Portland. And then it was Dyson Daniel, Jeremy Sochan, and then Johnny Davis at 10. But any surprises there that you guys um, were expecting or weren't expecting uh, from six to 10 there? Scott?
1: The only surprise for me was either Daniels going eight to the Pelicans, which I could kind of see coming, but they're pretty deep already at the guard position. So I wasn't sure if they'd go that way. But the Pelicans, I know there was a lot of heat uh, towards uh, Jang, which ended up not working out. And then you had the Spurs. And I said, I like Duran over 10.5 because if San Antonio picks anybody else and they need a lot of positions, then nobody else would take Duran. And they ended up getting Sochan instead from Baylor, who I think is a good defensive player. But the way that I see it, I can say I was surprised by... Daniels, I guess, because I wasn't really sure what New Orleans was going to do with the pick. Mm -hmm. You can argue Daniels was best player left, so they kind of went with that approach. But the Sochan one surprised me for San Antonio because I get that he's a good defensive player, Mm -hmm. but I don't know why. I I just really thought San Antonio would would take somebody who was a bit further along offensively. And I'm not sure if the plan is to make Sochan eventually the starting center, I think he's a little skinny for that, but if you want yeah. to make the argument, you can. When I just thought that San Antonio was going to end up taking a Johnny Davis or somebody who could kind of help immediately, and so Chen, based on how raw he is offensively, I think he's a bit of a project. It could still work out, but I am a bit surprised that San Antonio is willing to wait in Popovich's last couple of years for a top ten pick to actually develop some offensive talent,
0: yeah, I thought the San Antonio Spurs were going to go with the big there because I felt like Jacop, uh Jakub is maybe going to get ended up traded by the does, trade de- trade deadline.
1: Does Sochen count? I mean, he's six ten. That, that's what yeah. he's still very skinny. That's the point. I, yeah. I kind of feel like they kind of met in between. I went Durant over once again because I just figured San Antonio was the only threat that I had. Yeah, yeah. But once again, do I think they should have taken Sochen? He could be pretty good. I just don't know how many years you have left with Popovich and now you're rumored to trade DeJounte Murray for three or four first round picks and you draft a project in the top 10. Sochen could be good, but I don't, there's no urgency with this franchise behind Popovich right now.
0: It's usually the guy that we expect the Spurs to take. They go in a different direction. I think last year was another example of that where they took Josh Primo uh, very early on in this year. It was Sochan, but Um. Yeah, Dyson Daniels. I I thought. Yeah, and I bet the under seven and a half. I took your guys' pick on the under eight on on sharp. I got a under seven and a half.
1: That was plus plus money.
0: money. Yeah, plus like plus one thirty five. So that that one came in, um, for me. But well, I screwed you because you you would have made a
1: a nice boat there. Yeah. uh,
0: Yeah, that's that's okay. I mean, I I had so I took four guys at that eight spot. It was sharp Daniels. Daniels, I got it at ten to one. Um, so I made a little bit of profit there as well. So that seven, eight slot was really good for me. Um, and the top 10, uh, anything else inside the top 10, Scott, that you want to discuss? And then we can briefly discuss anything outside of the top 10, uh, we want to touch on here, but do you have anything else?
1: Not really. Uh, the way that I see it, Matherin was going to go either five or six. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Matherin. I think he's a very good player. I think Indiana got a very nice, uh, I'd say situation there with Matherin, who you could potentially put next to Buddy Heald or potentially bring Heald in off the bench. You still have Brogdon and Halliburton. And I like the, I'd say, young pieces that Indiana's acquired. They're not done yet. They're still mm-hmm. going to have to trade Brogden at some point and trade yeah. Miles Turner, who's still for some reason on the team. But I do like the young core Indiana's developing there. And Portland, Sharp's a very talented player. We thought that he could be the... I can't call him a diamond in the rough if he's picked seven overall, but the point is we thought that he could blossom into somebody truly special based on the talent. I don't know if Portland really has much time to wait on it, but Sharp has so much upside. We figured they would take it. Lillard basically demanded indirectly through some cryptic quotes that they better take Sharp, and they did. So we'll see if that leads to Lillard signing an extension. We'll see what happens moving forward. Portland, I thought, did a pretty decent job. They're still going to be terrible but at least they got more talent on the building. Yeah. Terrell,
0: I'll pose the same question to you outside of top five within that six to 10 range. Anything that surprised you there? I know you guys nailed the sharp pick, but um, the Matherin pick at number six, I think we all all three of us love that there for the Pacers, but anything else in that range that kind of surprised you or caught you off guard?
2: Uh, That caught me off guard not necessarily i think that everything kind of played out about how we expected it in that range i do like the Pacers' pick i think the Pacers are actually doing something pretty interesting down there Mm -hmm. and they're getting everybody they're just getting a whole old regime out the building and what we know about rick carlisle is he's not going to play any defense and he's going to have a high-powered offense and so i'm super excited to see how this offense looks as they get all these people out the building tj warren is going to be gone He's not, he's not coming back to the Pacers. T.J. Warren's going to sign somewhere else. So he, he's out the building. And then, like I said, Miles Turner is going to get moved. Brogdon's probably going to get moved to a contender. He'll probably stay on the roster in the beginning part of the season. But as the year goes on, as injuries happen, somebody will probably make a move for Brogdon. Brogdon will probably be gone before the end of the season. And so I think it's going to be – I think it's interesting in seeing what the Pacers are able to do in the future – yeah, I do still think that they'll be at the bottom of the league, but I think it's going to be a lot of offense, and I think that when we talk about as the season goes on prop-wise, they're going to be a fun team to bet on. Yeah, 100%. As far as for, you know, sharp to the Blazers, I think that is it was what was needed. I talked yeah. about it on the show. I said that they need another scorer next to Dame Little. They need somebody that is also able to go out there and get a bucket, and when you have Anthony Simons that is in the free agency tracker and could be moving on this offseason – you need to bring in a guy like Sharp. They brought in Grant, who is mm-hmm. very average and very, you know, very good at what he does and very not good at what he doesn't do well. So you know exactly what you're getting from Grant. And is San Antonio be
1: surprise you? Huh? It surprised me, but I just want to ask you: Were you surprised by the Sochan pick? By San Antonio, what? Were you surprised San Antonio picked Sochan with the ninth pick? Oh, I mean, yeah,
2: kind of, sort of, not really. I mean, it's I stopped trying to figure out what San Antonio got going on because Pop just has some crazy thing. Pop just goes out there and gets random people and, put, and puts them together on a team, and then they somehow mesh well and win a couple of games until they end up being right outside the lottery. So... I have no idea what pop is doing. I have no idea what's going on in San Antonio. I stopped trying to figure out what San Antonio was doing when they decided to make a French guy, the face of their organization. (laughs) So it was, it, it, like they're just, they're just so they're San Antonio is different. San Antonio is different and they run things differently. So they decide to, you know, just go out there and put different people and get the best out of them. Like, Keldon Kelden Johnson is a guy from Virginia, a guy I know from Virginia. That's not somebody that thought they were going to put their team on their back. Like, I, that's not somebody I thought they were going to make one of the faces of their franchise. But yet here we are looking at DeJounte Murray on the trade block. So I just don't know what San Antonio is literally just waiting and waiting and waiting until to get the first overall pick next year and take um, old boy from overseas. Victor. Yeah, Victor, uh, when, I don't want to mess his name up. I can't pronounce it right now.
0: But the international
1: sc- uh, next
0: big yeah, thing. He's he's a a new new Giannis.
2: The new Giannis, that's what they're doing. Go. He's, the he's
1: the best prospect in several years. He's, what, he's,
2: what, he's what, like, drafting Giannis, instead of taking him at 15, took him at number one overall.
1: He's a, he's a my career-generated player. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's like so. seven four. he can shoot, he can, he's, he's really just a great, talent. The only issue, of course, when you're that tall and that skinny is going to be some injuries, which we see with the seven footers. But once again, but this is the issue
2: with him. This is the issue with him is that they're going to want him to be Giannis, And he very well may be something comparable to Giannis, but people got to remember that one Giannis was like a 15 overall pick. And second of all, Giannis took years to develop and you're not going to want to give those years to develop to a guy that's a number one overall. You're going to want them to come in and be that guy off the rip. And that's the issue. That's the difference between the NFL draft and the NBA draft, because you can have a number one overall pick that could come in and be an asset to your organization like off day one. Not all number one overall picks can do that in the NBA. Everybody is not developed to that level and they're probably drafted a little bit higher. They're drafted closer to their ceiling than where they're at right now. So when they're not good for the first two years, maybe three years, then everybody gives up on them.
1: I still don't understand if San Antonio is just waiting for Popovich to retire. I'm telling you,
2: they're overseas. They just want the overseas team. I get it. It's just a
1: matter of you could have potentially, I want to say, eased them out at some point. But your team competed for a playing spot. You got there. You lost immediately to New Orleans. And now you're trying to rebuild again. And your coach is ancient. I mean, I don't really, I don't <laughs> yeah. really know why Popovich is still there. I don't know how much longer he's going to be there. I thought Becky Hammond would have been a nice promotion, but now she's in. She got paid a boatload of money for the WNBA. Yeah, I don't know what it feels like. San Antonio is stalling, and I'm not sure for what.
2: I'm telling you, they just want to build. You know how they play, have the Rising Stars Challenge and it's Team USA versus the World. Well, yep. San Antonio is just trying to build the World Team as their team, and that's going to be their team. They got guys from everywhere and all over, and they're going to get back to that those foreign assets like the Tim Duncans, the Tony Parkers, the Manu Ginobili's that took them to the, t- to the, the point, they said, okay, we got to get some more international guys in here, and this is what we're going to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we got to toss out some of the reputation for San Antonio, though, because ever, ever since Kawhi got traded, they've been a terribly run organization, and nobody's talking about it. I, I get they brought in DeRozan because Kawhi wanted to leave. They threw him and Aldridge together and tried – something at the last minute which didn't work i've had no idea what san antonio has been doing for the last three four years and i feel like people blindly go well they're san antonio they're going to figure it out are we sure about that nope uh, i don't think so i nope. think they're terribly run They i'm just saying it helps when you inherit duncan robbins duncan space robinson And then you also bring in Kwai, and you also have Ginobili and Parker. I think they were very fortunate to have a lot of Hall of Fame players. And now that Kwai is gone, they really don't have much. They haven't done anything to help this team. I think that they're really so, struggling.
2: So Kawhi, wasn't supposed, Kawhi no, wasn't supposed to leave. No, I know. He was supposed to, he was supposed to be that next bridge gap, and so they found that other player. But yeah, since yeah. Kawhi left, that threw a monkey rich in the plan. So I guess now they think Victor is gonna be their next guy. And he very well may be, but it's gonna be it's gonna be ugly before it gets pretty for the San Antonio Spurs. They
1: put all their eggs in the Kawhi basket and they showed their extreme inability to improvise because when he left, they have been clueless for three to four years. Nonetheless, I'm betting under on the win
0: total. I don't care what it is. They're going to be bad. Matt Bonner didn't tickle fancy for be the next guy for the
1: Spurs. Red Mamba? Yeah. I mean, he's a great <laughs> 2K player.
2: <laughs> no, right. it's going to be Tim Duncan. It's going to be Tim Duncan.
0: Uh, kind of wrap it up here on the draft talk, guys.
2: Oh, um, can we put a bet in
0: for the next coach? I wonder if we could do that.
2: Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm sure that
1: market is out I'm there. I was going to say, if we're going to wrap up the draft talk, I, f- I don't want to get Terrell annoyed, but I feel like we kind of have to talk about what happened right outside the top 10. Yeah, yeah I was
0: going to open it up to you guys. Uh, outside of top 10, anything you guys want to discuss, I'll throw an open floor out there. Uh, Scott, I'll start with you since you have something on your mind.
1: Yeah, my yeah, team didn't draft. I just want to know. He the Knicks obviously thought. has something
0: on his mind. <laughs> no, I was going
1: to say the Nets didn't draft. I just really want to know Terrell's thoughts on what the Knicks did because it seemed like that was the main Story of the first round outside of the Boncaro last-minute steam was A, trying to figure out what the hell the Knicks did, which took about an hour to unpack all the trades and to find out what they actually got. B, was the fact that they didn't actually make a pick, but they got a couple of future firsts. I just want to hear Terrell's thoughts about the Knicks draft because I really don't have much to add. I just want to know a Knicks perspective.
2: I mean, I don't really had no thoughts because they didn't do nothing. I mean, the only thing, if when you take out because we had a whole bunch of picks going into the draft when you take out everything that happened they gained one first round pick and they unloaded Kimball's contract and I mean okay like that just we knew that they were trying to unload money and they wanted to go make a push for a player and as of right now the reports are that player is Jalen Brunson and so Mm -hmm. we'll talk more about the Knicks offseason stuff when we get into the actual free agency talk of this but as draft-wise, I mean, it was cool. Like, it was straight. I'm not really complaining about it. They went and they, they got an extra pick and they unloaded a contract. I would feel more comfortable about the pick if the Knicks could, you know, draft. Like, they were good at drafting. But I'm pretty sure that they would have drafted Davis if Davis was there, but Davis went the pick before them like we all predicted and we put our money on. So mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's why they didn't draft there. I think that it would have been a different situation if Davis was there. They probably
1: would have took him. I just found it extremely weird that the Knicks... We were not willing to just swallow the $8 million they owed Kemba and just keep the pick. That kind of surprised me. I, th- I mean, it wasn't you,
2: nobody, there was nobody, there was nobody else there that I was like, oh, well, we have to have that guy. Like we have to, we have to, the best players at that time were centers.
1: <laughs> I get like it. Best. But when we're, ta- when we're talking about unloading contracts in exchange for picks, usually you're talking about like a Westbrook deal or somebody making somewhere north of like $15 million. But like it doesn't work like that. Million? It doesn't
2: work like that. It doesn't work like that for every team because you're sitting there and you looked at the cap space that they had before. They went from some maybe $6 million in cap space to now at 30. Like that's that's enough for a player. You're not getting a player with $6 million. But well,
1: that, that's also 30. packaged, of course, with the trades with Burke and with Yeah, Noel no, but I'm
2: saying there, as, you, but... as you go on, like, so you got to unload the small contracts. They unloaded three smaller contracts to open up room to sign a max player. So I,
1: I get it. I, I just I'm, find I'm it a little weird I found it a little weird that they gave up either a pick at all and didn't just swallow Kemba's contract or B why they gave up this year's pick instead of maybe a year or two down the road. I just found it very weird that they gave up an immediate asset to unload eight million dollars. It seemed a little bit weird. Munov does when you think about that in hindsight, does that seem a little bit odd? Ob-
0: uh, yeah, I thought New York would actually make the pick there at eleven. Um, who who would have been? The pick? And, that, and that's I, I the question, like who Griffin yeah. from Duke? Perhaps. Yeah, that's right. And I had them slated at going to eleven to the New York Knicks, but um, I guess they have bigger plans. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about offseason season here in a minute, but it seems like they have their all their eyes set on getting Jalen Brunson over to the Big Apple. But uh, to wrap up the. Draft talk. Anything else, Terrell, that kind of caught your eye outside the top 10? And, and who do you think actually won the draft this year?
2: I I think Memphis had another great draft. I'll say that. I think Memphis brought in three guys that I think can actually contribute to that team, and some, especially Vince Williams Jr. coming in late in that draft. I think that they're going to be super excite, excited about that guy. And, you know, coming over from VCU and what he's able to do, the physicality that he can bring and the fact that he's just a hard-nosed player that's going to go out there and get it. I'm really interested to see what Memphis has done because they proved to us that they are a young – they can build young talent and they can get young talent to play at an elite level. And that's also what's interesting me about the Detroit Pistons is – Can they move on somewhere of a Memphis type of level where they get this young talent to play at a very, very high level, a level that is probably a little bit higher than they should be at the point in time of where they're at. So Detroit's going to be an interesting to watch for the next couple of seasons, but if Detroit can follow that same model and get the young talent of the league, actually to play at a higher level, higher than a lot of teams that have a lot more veterans, then they're going to be very, very interesting.
0: Scott, same question. Anything uh, outside the top 10 or the teams that we did discuss uh, that surprised you or maybe a, a value pick that team got in? And I know you mentioned Detroit as one of your winners of the draft, but anybody else, any other team that kind of caught your eye?
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, to make Munoz happy. No, actually, I'm going to take the Rockets. I thought they had a very good draft. Uh, so I, I didn't want to play... say
0: it. I was going to let one of you guys say I, I was going to but... say,
1: I'm going to give them their flowers for it. I thought they did a very good job with the draft. Now, when it comes to picks that surprised me, I was shocked that Roddy from Colorado State was a first-round pick. Yeah, it shocked me. Now I liked him at Colorado State; I thought he was fun. But it was why I thought Liddell was going to slide. I don't know what position he's supposed to play. He's six foot five. He's basically a power forward, and the league is becoming increasingly athletic on the wings. So I don't really know what Roddy's role is going to be, besides maybe a bench score. But I mean, what is he build-wise? Like Eric Pascal. Like, I, I don't maybe a little bigger than him. that's what I'm saying. You might <laughs> be like, I, I don't really know what his role is supposed to be in the NBA, but we'll see Memphis Terrell touched on. I am going to read into a bit on one of their picks because they picked Walker Kessler and of course they ended up trading Melton and uh, you know, they made a move there, but I'm going to mm-hmm. focus on the Kessler pick mm-hmm. because I think it means that Steven Adams is going to get traded and that's my reading into it because he's on the final year of a contract He's getting paid $17 million. And we saw in the playoffs in some series, particularly the Memphis series, I mean the Minnesota series, you couldn't play him. Mm-hmm. So the way that I see it, since they got Kessler, who's a bit more athletic, very solid shot blocker, it makes me believe that Adams will be traded at some point during either the offseason or during the season because he's an expiring contract and they could potentially get something back for him. So my main takeaway from the Kessler pick I think that it's 2 pronged. I think they wanted to get younger at the p- at the center position, and I think that means the old guard's going out the door. Didn't they trade him to Minnesota though? I didn't. Yeah, yeah, he's I, going to Minnesota. I thought they kept Kessler.
0: No, I, what I'm saying is that they actually traded him to Minnesota.
1: That I just completely. I thought they kept him.
0: Yeah, no, but I understand your logic no, about the thing. because
1: yeah, Roddy went to Minnesota. Roddy went no, to I know Roddy did, his. but I'm saying yeah. Philly. I thought got Philly. Uh, I, uh, Philly, uh, Philly got on, Melton, and then. Minnesota um, Memphis got Roddy. I thought they kept Walker Kessler.
0: No, well, from what I'm saying right here is that they traded him. Okay, to it was traded Minnesota. to Minnesota. Yeah.
1: My bad. Uh no, you're good. Uh, there are so many trades. So I still think Adams is getting traded for the record. Yeah, yeah, because they still have Tillman, they still have Clark, they still have a couple other options, but and then. Next uh, start- Vince, and Vince Williams is
2: gonna—he's gonna—he's gonna command minutes towards the end of the season.
1: Yeah. So my point still stands. I guess I just accidentally missed one of the forty trades that happened in the final like couple picks of the first round. But my bad on that. But either way, I think Memphis is gonna end up trading Stephen Adams.
0: that, I think Brandon Clark can step into that starting lineup.
1: Well, you should. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think Clark's yeah. a better player than Adams, and I know Adams is a great rebounder. But as the league once again continues to get more athletic, mm-hmm. I believe that Adams is a relic from the previous decade and I'm not sure how much he can play in today's NBA. Yeah. I like him as a player, but he's it's just the league moved fur- further away from the basket and it's becoming a Roy Hibbert situation.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have much else to add. You guys talked about the teams Ooh, that, we. Did cash, Roy Hibbert cash got, that over, Roy that over a half Roy Hibbert mentions in this episode. You
2: guys know what I'm never talking in about in
0: doubt,
1: <laughs> never in doubt that we were going to slide a Roy Hibbert mention in this episode. You guys know what I'm talking about. though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just the game's moving further away from the basket Ooh. and Adams can't help you there.
0: Yeah, you you two. You, you guys already mentioned the teams that I was going to mention. The Rockets, I think, had a great draft. Uh, Ty Ty Washington, I mean, I, for him to get picked up with a trade with, for Memphis to Houston, uh, and they picked up with Tari Eason at 17, and obviously Jabari Smith. I think they had a fantastic draft. So,
1: Also, um, shout out to New Orleans. I like what New Orleans did, too.
0: What else did they pick up? I know they uh, obviously they had Dyson Daniels, but
1: they, they, they got any- Daniels. I'm pretty sure they ended up keeping Liddell. Once again, I have to double check everything oh, to see. determine who was actually uh, traded, but no yeah, Liddell they was in Liddell. The second round. Mm-hmm. So new Orleans, once again, they have a surplus of assets, assuming that Zion's actually going to play this season, but you look at what they did last year and how they surprised some people. They showed flashes, the bench we saw with the young guys with Alvarado's and Herb Jones. Of course, you bring in more young talent Pelicans might package some pieces, but they added to the talent pool and they're pretty young. I think that Pelican team is going to be really good in the upcoming years.
0: All right. So let's put a uh, cap on that. And before we get over to some offseason stuff, let me tell you guys about Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest-growing platform uh, today with billions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there, and we use it here at SGPN. It's a game-changing product, unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper, too, by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like uh, and pick the over or under. For example, number of points in basketball when basketball is going on. But right now, baseball, you can bet on so many different props on there on Sleeper. All you got to do is choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. and you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason we're excited about uh, Sleeper is is like I mentioned, their over-under game, and it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contest and we can play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with a tap of a button. It's insanely fun to write it out together. So all you got to do, on your mobile phones, join our listener group at sleeper.com slash SGP, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's right. Join our squad and get a 100% deposit match at sleeper.com slash SGP. Terms and conditions of See for terms of use for details. All right, gentlemen, NBA free agency. We heard about the Kyrie news, the KD stuff. Scott, I'm going to give you the floor here, man. You're the Brooklyn Nets fan. Kyrie Irving, KD, what are you thinking?
1: Uh, Don't disrespect Ben Simmons like that. You got (laughs) to throw him into that trio. Come on, man. But what was my takeaway throughout the past week? I don't think NBA insiders actually know anything. That was really my takeaway. Uh, the, way, the way that I was trying to picture it in my head, I was trying to envision realistic scenarios of Kyrie leaving. And I know that it's not Shams's fault and Woj's fault that they just follow the rumor mill and they try to report Windhorse does the same thing. I don't know how anyone thought Kyrie was actually going to get traded. He, he gave a, a trade list of eight teams or so, and none of the teams could afford him. So I don't really know what the hell he was doing. The point is, he just basically said, I want out of here. And the Nets said, have fun. Try to find a trade partner. We dare you. And Kyrie said, "Okay, I'll do it. And then two hours later, he said, you know what? I think I'm going to take the $37 million. So what did I think? Nothing. I thought Kyrie wasn't going to move because no team wants him because he's a head case. who wants a boatload of money for a long contract and nobody wants to give it to him. So my main takeaway, the Nets have the core that I thought they were going to have last year or that they were going to have at the back end of last year. I know Simmons never ended up playing. Yeah. But my main takeaway, the Nets should be a pretty good Eastern Conference team that's going to rely heavily on the veteran minimums around the league to make the rest of the roster. But my takeaway, they're going to be a pretty good Eastern Conference team that's going to lose in the playoffs. But am I surprised by anything? No. Did you think any other team besides maybe the Lakers? And there's no chance the Nets would get Westbrook and Durant back together with that contract as well.
0: That would have been a fun story.
1: I thought there was maybe a 2% chance that Kyrie was going to actually get traded, and Twitter made it seem like there was an 80% chance. Kyrie's a head case. Nobody wants to deal with him. Nothing surprised me about this whole situation.
0: Terrell, any thoughts on this uh, uh, Kyrie situation? I don't think Kyrie's a head case, but... I think think his perception
1: amongst the league is being a head
0: case.
2: No, I don't think he's heck. I don't think that's that's the perception at all. I th- among players, that may be
1: in the perception. No, no, among front offices, I think front offices look at him and say it's a circus. I don't, I don't want to bother.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they probably do. They probably do because of the fact that he didn't play half of the games that they had last year for numerous reasons, but. I I mean, among players, and really, that's really. Oh all no, players really love it. I'm yeah, talking about
1: that, just front offices willing to make the deal and pay him. But that ultimately, much
2: money. ultimately, front offices are going to do what the players ask them. Like the players own the league at this point. We've seen it, and with people being able to request trades and get trades like the like a snap of the finger. Like we weren't talking about Kyrie Irving. That's the thing. Kyrie Irving was not the talk of what was going on. They said if they trade Kyrie Irving. What happens if Durant asks for a trade? That was the talk of all those, those couple of days. It was never Kyrie Irving. They didn't really care about Kyrie Irving. They said, if Kyrie Irving gets traded, what happens to Kevin Durant? Is Kevin Durant yeah. going to ask and trade? Kevin Durant sitting at home like, damn, how is my name anywhere in this? <laughs> We're talking about Kyrie. Like, <laughs> and so it's a player's league. And I think the players' opinions matter. And that's a reason why Kyrie is still with the team. It's because Kevin Durant's opinion matter. Kevin Durant wants Kyrie around, regardless of what happens. I know the Nets are afraid of a situation that happened last year, but at the end of the day, Kevin Durant wants Kyrie around. Kyrie's going to be around. And so I really don't, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with Kyrie. I think Kyrie's just a man that stands in what his beliefs are. Now, do I always understand his beliefs? Not necessarily, but he stands in what his beliefs are. And you got to respect him for it. And so he's that guy that is going to, He's going to stand 10 tones on what he said. And he ultimately said, all right, like if you guys are questionable about how I feel or what I'm going to do, based based off my beliefs then i'm gonna look for a trade elsewhere and really the only trade that was available was probably a trade to the lakers Mm. and the only way that that trade was getting done is if they found a third team and guess what the lakers couldn't find a third team nobody was taking westbrook nobody was taking westbrook that's the only that was the Mm. only thing that kept this from being from being blown up in their face is the fact that they couldn't unload westbrook on another team because if it was a third team that could have took westbrook maybe shedded out, a player to throw over to the Nets. And then the Lakers went and threw some players and some considerations and all that stuff over to the Nets. They probably would have got a deal done. But at the end of the day, they could not find that third team. I think the best team that they probably had a chance for was Charlotte. And Charlotte yeah. mm-hmm. and fucking MJ is not paying the luxury tax. MJ is a degenerate <laughs> gambler. He is not paying the luxury tax. So that was dead. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's cool. I think that it was a fun couple of days just to watch everybody run around with their head cut off. And yeah, I, think I,
1: it was- I was, for the record, as a Nets fan, I was relatively chill. I, I yeah. thought there was no chance he was going to get traded.
2: But I think it was hilarious that. Kevin Durant was the biggest talking point about all of that. And he wasn't even, he didn't even, he's not even speaking to the front office reportedly. He is allegedly not even speaking to the front office right now. And he was the biggest, the biggest thing of all of that saying that, well, if Kyrie goes, then Kevin Durant's going to want to get traded. And then everybody's like, Ben Simmons is just an afterthought. So <laughs> let, let's just go back to business as usual, people. We knew that, you know, beforehand it was going to be this Kyrie, Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant thing. And it was more of going to be the second year Rather than the first year where, you know, Ben Simmons didn't get there till halfway and then didn't play. And then, you know, they got bounced mm-hmm. in the first round. So we're going to see what they do in the offseason, which, you know, the actual other 10, 11 spots that is actually on their roster that they need to fill.
1: I do want to push back on one thing you said, though, because I know it is a player driven league at this point. But since Kyrie is accepting a player option and since he's due a massive contract during the offseason, There's no way that any GM right now would be willing to give Kyrie a three to four year deal worth about 40 something million per year. I just don't believe that. I think that he's too unreliable. And even though you can argue that the star player on a team would want to acquire him because of that potential upside, I don't think any front office trusts Kyrie at all enough to pay him for multiple years. And I bet
2: you that I could poll every front office and I get more that said that they would pay Kyrie that money. Because
1: why? Because you think the you think the the majority of the of the GMs would be willing to pay Kyrie like a three four year deal worth like one hundred and sixty million? Yes, Yes. I think you're personally wrong. No, but that's just my opinion. I think that Kyrie's reputation around the league is sour in the front office.
2: And but the front office is run by who? The players and the players are if the players say hey, pay Kyrie that money. You can say that they're not they're not paying the checks. Gonna, I think, a, gonna, I think a front office the and the money. owner
1: is going to look over and say, why the hell would I want to pick Kyrie 140 something million dollars? I'll ask, I'll ask this question because Houston technically has cap space. Do you think Houston's GM would want to bring in Kyrie Irving? Cause I think that the answer is absolutely not. No, I mean, look, they're, the,
0: it depends on team to team too, right? Like Rockets are in a different situation where they're rebuilding the team, right? Like, okay. If they still had James Harden, I think yeah. Then obviously they will. Hey, if Kyrie's available to bring, they will bring him in and pay him that money to build that championship roster, right? But the dynamics are different for the Rockets. Like they're they're building around Jabari Smith, they're building around Jalen Green. Adding a guy like Kyrie at this juncture doesn't make sense for them, right? So I think that I can see the argument the you guys are making both ways, right? Like let's say New York. I think New York would offer him that money and 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 and.
1: I think the Knicks are desperate, so yeah, yeah, they they want star power, but as you kind of just hit the nail on the head. The point is, if you are going to go for Kyrie, you're in a win-now window because there's a lot of teams that are younger around the league who would not want to pay Kyrie a bunch of money when you're barely going to make the playoffs. So when you narrow that down, that takes out what? About two-thirds of the league? Then you're looking at the other teams that can seriously contend for a title that need an extra piece. Do they want to pay the super luxury tax for Kyrie? Probably not because he's not reliable. What, what
2: is not reliable about Kyrie at this point in time if he could play anywhere not being vaccinated? What's not it's, reliable? It's
1: not just about the vaccination. It's about the fact that since the two previous teams that he was on, basically two and a half, it blew up in the team's face. He had the Cavs. I know they won a title. I know he made the big shot. He forced his way out for no reason. They traded him to Boston. Boston hated him because he quit on the team and then he went to Brooklyn and he half quit on Brooklyn and then he came back and then he demanded a trade. So the point is, even besides the vaccine stuff, I believe that when it comes to paying players money, the perception around Kyrie, whether you, he believes in his personal beliefs, which is fine by me, I think the perception he's a very selfish player and you can't trust him. And I think most front offices realize that Kyrie will do what he wants instead of what the team needs him to do, which is why people don't want to pay him a bunch of money. So I think when it comes to perception, I think Kyrie's borderline cancerous. but
2: But my point is that you keep talking about the front office. Yes, that is the front office's perception. But the front office, at the end of the day, will do what the players ask. If you have these star players around the league and they say, hey, we can make a run. We can not make a run. I know that you say that Kyrie isn't good in the streets. Kyrie's not good over here. Kyrie is unreliable. But I'm gonna stamp Kyrie. I'm gonna stamp Kyrie. Kyrie good in my hood over here. Kyrie gonna come over here. I have a conversation. Kyrie's gonna, we're gonna wrap things up over here. At the end of the day, when they get that from their star player, when they get that from the person of their franchise, they're gonna sit there and they're gonna say, All right, fine, fuck it. We'll throw the money at them. You sit here, 140 million dollars is Yes, it's a lot, but it's not a lot in the league, especially for somebody of Kyrie's nature. Kyrie, somebody of Kyrie's talent, somebody of Kyrie's talent level is going to command a lot more money than that. So, at the I'm end not of taking the day, away from his talent. I know. Kyrie- no, but I'm. But I'm not talent. making this about. No, 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 no I, I get saying, it. I know. Yeah, I understand your point. But- it's a player-driven league, and at the end of the day, if your star player, your franchise player, comes to you and they, Kyrie Irving is available, and they say get him and pay him,
1: they're going to do it. Okay, my my counterpoint is define available. Because we're talking about one team being one piece away from competing for a title. If Kyrie Irvin does not
2: sign a long-term deal this offseason, he will have a long-term deal next offseason.
1: And that's my point. My point is, if you're talking about one of these teams that need to make a move for Kyrie to even get over the hump, how many teams have realistic cap space to not be paying a boatload of extra money in the luxury tax in order to acquire him? The answer is not many, if any. So I don't and, think Kyrie's as it attractive It doesn't matter if they don't
2: think. have it now because they're going to shed it out. They're going to shed it out. The Knicks just sat there and created $20 million of cap space But in the point day. is, in order to so acquire Kyrie, you're blowing
1: up half your roster. They, and they will shed it out for Kyrie Irving. Yeah, but I'm saying you're blowing up half of your roster and the team chemistry it is bringing Kyrie to the it, building. Okay, it may not be the best decision for every team,
2: but I promise you somebody's going to do it. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Somebody's going to do it.
1: <laughs> you can argue one team. You said about half would take Kyrie. I think and that's I still believe generous. that about... I still believe that
2: about half, if they sit there and they say that we are a Kyrie Irving away from being a championship contender, they will do it. They don't care about what their perception of him being unreliable is. They see the talent. They see the players and what and their love for Kyrie Irving and how they're going to play with Kyrie Irving. And they're going to do it.
1: I see really two teams. I see the Lakers, and that's only because Westbrook's contract is so bad it could match. And the Clippers, because Ballmer can pay five hundred million dollars in luxury tax and he wouldn't care. Besides that, are there any other teams that you could think of that would actually consider trading serious assets for Kyrie? Well, not anymore I mean, with the Clippers, because they just... Picked no, I'm saying before ball. the wall before, move. Okay. Before the wall move. You have Ballmer, who doesn't care about paying money because he's a multi-billionaire. You have the Lakers, because Westbrook's contract is so bad. If we're talking about other GMs, who? Do you think Dallas would try to trade for Kyrie? I don't think so. Miami? Are, I'm saying, what it's, other teams would you actually think Miami would try to for, acquire Kyrie?
2: But that's, that's the point that I'm saying. And I'm not sitting here saying that they're going to make the trade. I know they're not going to make the trade because nobody made the trade to yesterday. Nobody made the trade. So I know nobody's making the trade. Your point and what you said was, you don't think that anybody's going to pay Kyrie a long-term contract, all this money for him to come into their team. And I said, I bet right you, now. I could pull, I said that I bet you, I could pull every GM and more teams would shed out the money for Kyrie because one, it's money. They don't give a fuck. Two, it's Kyrie Irving.
1: I think Kyrie needs one year on the nets, the final year of a contract prove it deal where he can be reliable potentially and earn a big contract. So maybe a year from now, that's all but I'm, I'm, saying. I'm saying right now, because nobody would trade for Kyrie right now with him walking during free agency next no, year. No, nobody's trading for him, but you're, that's but you the point that, that nobody would pay him the money right will pay him the money right now, that's right now,
2: right would. now, Kyrie, Kyrie, Irving was a free agent. We'd be sitting here talking about the lottery that's going off
1: for Kyrie Irving. I think the market would be a lot smaller than you think. In my opinion, okay. I think the Clippers would give it a run. And I think that the Lakers couldn't because they'd have to unload Westbrook. I don't know what teams you think would actually go for for Kyrie. Like I, 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 really I think that if he was market. a
0: free agent, I, I I agree with Terrell that i think Okay, that no, but team, he's a free
1: agent. But what yeah, if he was a free goes, agent? Yeah, that's re- what I'm saying. Like that's all I'm saying. Teams? That is
0: all I'm saying. If he was a free
2: agent, you're sitting here saying that it's a smaller market. I'm telling you right now, the it would be wide open for Kyrie Irving right now.
1: But would most of the markets involved be rebuilding teams that are not close to being a playoff team? Because I think that they would be. And, I think and you're looking at that, the Spurs. So, you're looking at maybe, maybe Detroit, maybe. Like that's what I'm saying. You're looking at teams that aren't really that good. They're desperate for star power, kind of like. But that do. wasn't they what you said. You
2: said that the GMs that he has a bad taste in the front of his mouth, and there is a lot of yeah, for, in trading. The that would not shed- for trading. I'm saying for
1: trading. No,
2: no, you said for giving him a contract. That's I was saying giving him a said.
1: contract with the trading. Because no, as trade, right now, we know that's not
2: happening because it didn't happen two days ago. So we it's know a trade's not happening. Things. That's why I was talking about yeah. just purely shedding the money, paying him a four-year long-term contract. Majority of the league would do it.
1: Okay, in free agency, we can agree on that. We're talking about two different things. I'm talking about that if we were talking about Kyrie's demands and his interest around the league via trade, I think it was non-existent entirely. Which, yes. That's yes, my because point. Because it didn't
2: happen. <laughs> the, yes. And I think
1: the main reason for that is because GMs can't trust him at this point in time to pay him a bunch of money. No. I, I wouldn't say now buyer. see
2: that's and that's where we switch. It's not because of the trust, it's because it just wasn't physically possible for more for a majority of the movement <clears> to actually make the trade happen.
0: All right, we, we can mm. sit here and talk for hours about the Brooklyn Nets and the Kyrie situation. It's all
1: speculation so. between us, yeah. anyway. But that's yeah, the point. Is, is Kyrie here, to here stay. Right? It makes
0: good TV. Or, yeah, and, and 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 that's what we're here. Audio. Wait, wait, Whether you wait, want it wait, or not, Kyrie... Say,
1: does
2: yeah. it make for good podcast? Good audio? Because when it it people makes for good content, you Just say good content. Content, it, it, content okay, then, just cuts get, through I, the middle. You got to use a proper terminology. The main
1: takeaway, though, is a Nets fan. I don't know.
2: Maybe we should make new terminology. Is that that makes for good audio? That kind of hey, that kind of Good audio. Point. Yeah, that makes for good audio.
1: As a Nets fan. I'm not. Surp- I'm not surprised nothing happened. Now, do I think that Kyrie is going to be, I'd say, a non-factor with the rumors throughout the season? No, because I think if the Nets struggle early on, maybe they ship him halfway through the season. Yeah, but I'm not surprised that a team right now decided we're not going to give up assets for Kyrie. We'll see what happens and maybe reapproach that during the course of the season. That didn't go, surprise
0: me. Yeah, let's go across town to the New York Knicks because the biggest. Kind of off-season news so far has been the Knicks clearing space for Jalen Brunson, allegedly offering him. Um, Thank you for the allegedly. Uh, 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 over $100 million contract for Jalen Brunson. Uh, Terrell, this is your team, man. Uh, Jalen Brunson on this roster, what do you think? <sighs> okay, so people, I hate when I have to get up here and defend the Knicks because I really
2: don't even like the Knicks like that, to be honest. No, no, I'm I mean, just saying, what do you I'm think? I'm a fan, but I really don't. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm, I'm preparing my rant. I'm sorry, is he restricted, by the way? uh no he's not
1: no he's yeah he's not so dallas okay i thought dallas could maybe match okay no well no i think he is actually
2: restricted so he i think they can match but everybody knows dallas is not matching yeah i'm just just saying
1: hypothetically okay
2: yeah so he's technically restricted but everybody knows dallas is not matching so he's unrestricted but huh okay so i hate when i have to get up here and defend the knicks i really really don't even like the knicks like that to be honest all right so the issue like everybody, sitting here and going on social media and that's why you can't you got to watch like who talks on social media because everybody doesn't know what they're talking about and everybody just goes with the trend of hating the nicks and blah, blah 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 that's that's just really annoying actually but We sit here and we talk about, oh, the Knicks are treating Jalen Brunson like God. Why are they going to shut out close to a max contract for Jalen Brunson? Oh, Jalen Brunson isn't like that. As soon as he gets to another team, he's going to be able to blah, 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 blah. All right. All right. All right. So now I have to get out here and I have to throw numbers and actually remind people of, one, the fact is in the NBA and basically any professional sport, you are never paying a player on talent. Never. You are never paying a player on talent. You are paying a player off of what the market value is at that particular point in time. And the market is going to always shift as people get TV deals. As more money comes into the league, the market is going to always shift. You are rarely ever, and I mean rarely ever, paying a player off of talent. And that's just that's that's not what it happens, because if you're playing a player off a of talent, there's a lot of people that are getting a lot of money that wouldn't be getting the money that they're getting right now. I'm going to tell you that right now. So if we sit here and you take that to account and you take to account the alleged reports that they are going to offer Jalen Brunson, which it may or may not happen, we're getting somewhere between the 100 and 110 million dollars. Let's just do one ten and we'll go the furthest part of that schedule. Now we're going to do some math here. What's one ten divided by four? 110 divided by four. Okay, give you some time. You might pull up your calculator About and type it in. I really don't care. 27.5. 27, 27 and a half. So 27, 27 and a half million dollars is effectively where it's going to be his, his moneymaker. It's going to be around that time, probably have an option at the end. Now, if we go down the NBA and we look at the highest paid point cards and we look at their yearly average, and I'm going to give you a little bit above the spectrum, and I'm going to give you a little bit below the spectrum. And you tell me if Jalen Brunson fits in that category for the talent of the player right now, regardless if you think it's going to work, but where he is right now. You have Jamal Murray, who's making $31 million. You have Chris Paul, who's making $30 million. You have D'Angelo Russell, who's making $29 million. You have Kyle Lowry, who's making $28 million. You have Terry Rozier, who's making $25 million. You have Mike Conley, who's making $22 million. You have Malcolm Brogdon, who's making $22 million. Now, you tell me in that list that Jalen Brunson, as a player, whether you think it's going to work for New York, or not. As a player right now, Jalen Brunson does not fit in between that list.
1: You can argue that he's actually better than D'Angelo Russell.
2: So it does not matter what they shed him because they're paying market value. If they were throwing D'Angelo Russell, we'll go back higher in the list. $32 million for De'Aaron Fox, Kyrie Irving at $34 million, SGA at $35 million, Ben Simmons at $35 million, Russell Westbrook at $41 million, Trey Young at $42 million, Luka Doncic at $42 million, Damian Lillard at $44 million, Steph Curry at 40, at $53 million, and let's not mention that we just took John Wall off of that list when he was about, he was slated to make about $47 million as well. If we were talking there, then I would understand everything everybody is saying, but we're not. We're talking 25 to 27, maybe 28, not exceeding $30 million, a mass contract that one is just the market value for a person who is not trash that is becoming a free agent on the market. Doesn't matter what position, doesn't matter if you're not trash, if you're not a bum, you're going to get a mass contract. It's just how the league is, it's how the market value is, it's how teams are paying up for players. So, just relax. It's fine. Do I personally, as a Knicks fan, think that Jalen Brunson works? No, I don't, because I think the Knicks need a true point guard, somebody that is going to actually make everybody around them better, get, be able to grasp the offense, and be able to run the offense. However, the market for that point guard is non-existent. It's, it's actually just DeJounte Murray, and that's it.
1: I was going to say, do you try to trade for it's, an injured Rubio or you sign him and just <laughs> hope he can be goodbye. a stopgap? Like, I don't goodbye. know. Goodbye. Is...
2: That, that, market, that market doesn't exist. It's DeJounte we're not, if he said Murray. makes his
1: teammates better, so oh, I don't dude. know if that counts. You know? Sorry.
2: <laughs> so it's but. DeJounte Murray, and that's it. So I just need everybody to understand that. By the way, Jalen Literally Brunson's doing unrestricted what anybody would do. Oh,
1: okay. Huh? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Jalen, Jalen Unrestricted. unrestricted. unrestricted.
2: Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. They're doing what anybody anybody else would do, but because it's the Knicks name on it and you see that NYK and it's because it's them that we're blowing this out of proportion. He is getting a regular contract. The man is not being overpaid, underpaid. The man went out there. He had a pretty solid season. He's getting a regular contract, which is is a max contract in today's NBA. If you are not getting a max contract, you are a bench player. At the end of the day, if you are a starting level coach, starting caliber player you are getting
1: a max contract if not you are a bench player i think the one counterpoint that you could make i do agree with the overall contract evaluation you just made i think the one counterpoint the reason why people are so against this move by the knicks is the amount of steps that the knicks had to undergo just to clear cap space in the first place to acquire him because on one hand you're signing brunson to this contract on the other hand You traded the 11th pick in the draft. You also ended up trading Burks. You traded Noel. You traded a bunch of pieces. Now, I know Noel's contract's not great. I know Burks is older, and the Knicks have some younger talent. You could give them more minutes. But I feel like most people are against this move for the Knicks because they needed to do so many things in order to even have the opportunity to sign him in the first place.
2: So here's my my counter-argument to you. Because ultimately, one, they need to unload those players because for one, goddamn Popovich, but... You're wasting minutes on those guys. They
1: gotta get younger anyway. Yeah.
2: yeah, so so I'm glad that they went through the steps in getting rid of all those guys. At the end of the day, who at 11 make for, especially in the Knicks aspect, and especially in what's go with a four-year contract? Because that's probably what Brunson's gonna get. Who makes them better than what Jalen Brunson does in a four-year contract? Yeah. For the
1: record, I think nobody,
2: Cash- nobody from that, yeah. from that draft class, nobody, and that's why I was like they made. They didn't make the pick because everybody that they were considering that they wanted that was gone. And they said, okay, if they're gone, then we're going all in on Brunson. Yeah. And we're going to go ahead and make these moves now to make sure that we bring him in instead of drafting this guy that we want. If Johnny Davis was there, I truly believe that they would have drafted Johnny Davis and they would have found another way to go about clearing this cap space and getting Brunson. But at the end of the day, There was nobody else that was left on that board that they said and that we look at and we evaluate and we say that in four years' time, they're going to make us a lot better. Now, they're more than likely going to be wrong about that when four years comes up. But that is the mindset behind them. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm not really necessarily mad at it. You went out there and you got the guy that you felt like makes a better immediate impact right now. And that 100% is Jalen Brunson over anybody that was in that draft class.
1: Yeah, I am going to defend the Knicks on this point. I was just giving a counter because that's kind of the main argument people were making. I think cap space is a very nice idea. I think it's one of the most overrated assets in all of basketball. Nobody cares. (laughs) But the point is, think of the amount of teams that actually do something with their cap space. You think Oklahoma City's thrilled with their cap space knowing nobody's going to want to sign with them? The point is the Knicks have had so much cap space for so long. They pay Randall a bunch of money because they could. They pay Fournier a bunch of money because because they could. could. But the point is, People keep saying, well, you know, maybe the Lillard will go to the Knicks. No, maybe he's the- not. Nobody's Nobody ever goes Knicks. to the Knicks.
2: Nobody is going to the Knicks. <laughs> That's my point. So the Knicks <laughs>
1: like, have been rumored. Nobody's it. going to the Knicks until owner changes. The last big right superstar to sign in free agency, free agency, Jeremy with Lynn. the Knicks is Amari Stoudemire. I'm not even joking. Because Car- yeah. Carmelo they traded for and then got an extension yeah. with. So. Yeah salary cap and saying they want to play with the garden who would not want to play in the garden everybody because they would have signed somebody within the last no, 10 years yes that's what i'm saying so, so yeah, you I, gotta I, spend I, the money somewhere i'm with you on that get, one Terrell.
2: yeah you gotta spend the money somewhere go now i i would much rather they take all the picks they got and you know whatever that they can and they package away and go get to murray I would rather I would go that. for Murray. I think Murray a great one. I blogger. would much rather trade those aspects because, one, I truly believe DeJounte Murray is really, really good at the point guard position. Yeah. Really, really good at the point guard position. And he's going to come in and he's going to make that next team way better. But since they're going the route of Brunson, allegedly, man, you know, things could change. You know, people, they've been wrong all week about Kyrie. So I'm not going to sit here and say that <laughs> Brunson's the guy. <laughs> We've just sat here. and We talked about how people were wrong all week. So I'm holding out a shred of hope that it's not Brunson. But if they go out there and get Brunson, okay, then they just added another level score. And they'll probably look about the same, a little, maybe a little bit better than they did last year. But hey, like, the money's just going to sit there. The money's just going to sit there, yeah, people. Yeah. Get, I- I'm not mad at Jalen Brunson for getting his money. No, um, you do what, you. They, 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 get paid. I'm not mad at Jalen Russell for getting his money, and I'm not mad at the Knicks cause, for spending it because, again, who else is? are they going to spend it on? Please tell me who else they're going to spend it on.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, you also mentioned it for Kyrie and how other teams might end up agreeing to step up and pay the guy. The Knicks are not running unopposed for Brunson. Like, if they don't pay him this money... Somebody will. Yes. So it's not a matter of roasting the Knicks for overpaying Brunson because, as you said before, it's about market value. The only main point I've heard against the Brunson signing is twofold. One, they think Brunson's the final move that the Knicks are going to do, which is clearly (laughs) not the case, which is funny in itself, (laughs) because they clearly realize Brunson's not the franchise changer. And the other point is they've had cap space for so long that people think that there's a better player on the horizon and they've all passed up on the Knicks for the last 10 years. So you got to start somewhere.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out where this player is coming from. Who is this? Who is this guy that we're saving this money for? It's a like, trade. Oh, okay. It's a Jaylen. trade. That's the only way you're going to get somebody. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm like, okay. All right. Jalen Brunson doesn't deserve the max. Who deserves the max that we're going to give money to outside of Jalen Brunson? I, at this point, who? Like, let me know who. Are we, are we shedding this money? Like, who? It, it's, it's okay. It's all right, though. All right. All right, guys. I don't I don't know how much they thought Jalen Jalen Brunson was going to go out there and sign for 10 million dollars a year. Yeah, right. Okay. I
1: I think the main point was the trades and everything needed in order to actually get enough salary cap space to do it. I think that's the main fallback for the moves. But once again, you're trading a bunch of veterans you don't even want in the first place. And and
2: you're trading a bunch of you're trading a draft pick of a player that you weren't going to play until the last two weeks
1: of the season. So. Well, Thibodeau is not gonna play any rookie, so that's a given, you know. Yeah, so
2: he wasn't gonna whoever it was, they automatically mulligan year one. So that that didn't work. Just go ahead, red shirt year one, and then maybe year two you end up doing something, but no. So it, Knicks are, are doing their brand of basketball and they're gonna, you know, be rewarded with it with maybe a playoff a play in <laughs> suit in best
0: best case scenario, but maybe not. All right, guys, before we wrap it up here, let me tell you guys about IPVantage. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's oh, right. We at SGPN use IPVantage VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVantage helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be Completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Either, even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's really that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your fire stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at work or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanished. IP is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30 day money back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. Uh guys, we're going to go about almost and close to an hour and a half here. I know there's a lot of other topics we can get to, but we're gonna be here throughout all of the off season. Like I said, NBA free agency kicks off on Thursday. We talked about Kyrie. We talked about Jane Brunson. Recapped the NBA draft as well. Summer league. Tj Warren. Sorry, Tj Warren.
2: Watch uh, out for Tj Warren. <laughs>
1: Is I that going to be Miami's move to replace Oladipo? They're just going to end up getting... Yeah, no, so I, I, I
2: really do think that it's going to be Miami. I think Miami is probably going to go after TJ Warren. I think Boston's going to be in consideration for TJ Warren.
1: I think Oladipo's and, gone. So, no, he is gone. He is yeah, gone. he is gone. Here yeah, he's I think gone. they already said that he's yeah, not coming he's back. No, I'm saying like, he's going he's gonna to actually get paid somewhere.
2: No, yeah, I'm saying he's gone. Yeah. like he's yeah. He's yeah. gone. I'm trying to tell you he's gone. <laughs> yeah. But that's why it's Miami opens up in the TJ Warren case. And TJ Warren is a player that people forgot about because you haven't seen him play basketball in two years, it feels like. So it's going to be it's going to be a moment. And I think that that's going to be somebody that's going to be really targeted towards the end of this free agency cycle. As you know, we already got all the Kyrie stuff out of our our hands. Once Jalen Brunson signed, the Jalen Brunson thing is going to be TJ Warren's going to be that next big person who's going to get a pretty a pretty decent sized payday to come to a team and join the roster.
0: Anything else you want to get off your chest to roll before we get out of here, my man? Uh, PJ Tucker, 30, uh, allegedly
2: $30 billion to the 76ers. I like it. I think that is you know, they changed good. your name to
0: the Philadelphia Rockets.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. 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 yeah that's, sure. what I, that's what I heard. <laughs> I heard.
1: I'm trying to think of all the, of the pieces that they're missing, though. Is Trevor Ariza still around? Did he retire? Oh, I'm sure. No, He's, he was he, Wasn't he, he, he with he, the
0: Lakers last year?
1: Yeah, and he's he starting and he's, for them. No, I'm and saying, real, you know, maybe maybe Philly can look into he's it. He's signing
2: you know? with the Vet Men. He's signing with the Vet men. Trade
1: for Eric Gordon. They
2: I, 100%,
0: I 100% I hundred percent am confident that, that Daryl Morey and James Harden are going to go out and trade for Eric Gordon. I, I think that's going to happen.
2: I mean... Well, if we think about it, if we take that Rockets team and we put them in the East, they might have, they, they might <laughs> <laughs> They were a up. They would probably be a LeBron away from making it to the finals. That, so That Over 27 I, is Unfortunately, so the
1: Rockets acquired. Uh, no, unfortunately, the Sixers acquired Melton, so I don't think they're going to be in the Pablo Prigioni sweepstakes. Out of oh, retirement. but Melton was part of that Rockets uh, team as well. No, I know I'm yeah. saying Prigioni retired. Say, was, uh, hey,
2: I was just about to sit here and say, was it Melton on that Rockets team? Yeah. Holy shit! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Scott, anything else, men Before we get out of here, uh, not really. We went long on two topics because they just so happened to involve Terrell and my favorite team. I hey, and he had hey is York. that
0: three players
2: from that Rockets team? That's on that team right now.
0: So they got they got PJ. Uh, well, they're g- probably going to get PJ Tucker. So they have Harden, Milton. Who else can, is on the roster? Can they call
1: up for Dwight Howard for pre-Rockets? <laughs> Is that really? oh, on the my Sixers God. A little a while ago. <laughs> no, it oh, was. I'm saying, can you merge? I didn't uh,
2: realize how similar those teams were until just now.
0: Oh, no, my it was literally God. just Daryl
1: Morey just recycling like role players over and over.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm that's really what they go for. Wait for that Eric Gordon team to come about to oh, the Sixers. Dwight oh, well. so was that's on the hilarious. Sixers, but I'm, yeah. is he now, a free agent? Yeah, I'm sure he is. I thought he signed a one year. They might get Drummond back. Who knows? But either way, uh yeah, you can find me on Twitter Ooh. at Rod Shell Radio. Besides that, I know Terrell and I have a pretty busy day. We're going to do some other podcasts. So stay tuned for that. Besides that, I have a tennis podcast later on in the week. Crush yeah, it on the debut on that. episode. So that, thank you. So that's going well. And yeah, looking forward to hearing more news and seeing what unfolds in the NBA
0: yeah uh-huh, philadelphia man. rockets here we go terrell anything else my man oh, oh they can my find you. gosh the philadelphia Rock- he's looking that's at the hilarious. roster right now i can look at it he's looking at the philadelphia i didn't, I didn't
2: right even now. realize that it was that many people that's on that squad right now oh man everybody knows where to find me i can't talk right now this is
0: hilarious <laughs> let's let's end the show <laughs> all right guys that's gonna do it today for the nba gambling podcast like i said we'll be here Ooh. all throughout the offseason talking some more hoops. And once uh, free agency kind of settles in, we'll get into more betting content and um, getting closer and closer. I can't believe I'm saying this to the season, Uh, but summer league will be here. We have TBT coverage coming up as well. So a lot of hoops again, check out Scott and trail on the WNBA gambling podcast and check out Scott on the uh, newest uh, podcast on the network, the tennis gambling podcast as well. There's odds on it. We're covering it at SGPN. With that being said, good luck with your betting this week. Like I said, we'll be back. Let's break these books off and let it ride.